0: up Hyperfast Nation. On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, we are coming at you from our studio down in Florida, still doing the remote virtual thing. And we've got an amazing guest on today. He has been in real estate for over 30 years, has experience in construction, being a broker owner of a national franchise. He's done Investing. He's been a real estate coach. He has written three best selling books. Right now, he's running a family operated business, doing anywhere from two to five deals per month, and then several more for his students. And he's got a very, very interesting investment approach on how to acquire properties, how to find really great buyers and how to do it all while minimizing your personal risk. Welcome to the show, Chris Prefontaine. Mm All right, welcome to the show, Chris. How are you doing today? Awesome, how are you, Dan? I'm doing great. And uh yeah, another another beautiful day uh down here in uh Florida out of the the normal studio of course, but running things very successfully virtually.
1: Uh how how about yourself? Yeah, same here. We uh, we actually pivoted about a year before COVID, so it was just obviously a lot more now, but it's easy cuz everybody's doing it, right?
0: Yeah, certainly uh it it is easier. And and, uh, I'm I'm glad that we were doing our our coaching business and podcast, because I think all of all of that stuff that we've been doing for years really helped our real estate team and development business uh, pivot naturally. So uh, I'm sure we'll we'll get into some of that stuff, what you're doing now, but let's catch up our uh, listeners on what got you to where you are today. So just give us the a quick uh, couple minute uh, background on, on who you yeah, are. Yeah, I'll give you the high points because
1: it's been a, a, a 29 and a half stretch. So I started building back in the early 90s. Then I bought a realty executives franchise. So I kind of put my broker hat on, never was a realtor. Sold that to Coal Banker in 2000, uh, then started running with my own investments and coaching from 2000 up until the lovely uh, crash. So after the crash, we got a got head kicked in a bit. Uh, in many ways. And then we're forced to re-engineer the business to kind of be the most recession resistant we could, which brings us to today, right? We, nobody knew COVID was going to happen, but running into it, we, we buy everything on terms and that, that means no banks. So running into it, we were doing great. And then when COVID hit, it like tripled the volume for us. So, uh, I'm thankful, knock on wood. So hopefully we can help a whole bunch of people right now. What, what
0: do you think you learned going through, uh, you know, the, the recession in the
1: 2008-9 period that,
0: that's helped you today?
1: Well, the bank situation, I mean, I just, nothing against bankers or banks, but I we just don't use banks anymore. So I I was signed on personally, like 22 properties and or projects. And so when those went under, they came looking for the money like they can when you sign personally, right? So that's a headache and a half. And, and so now buying everything on terms, lease purchase, owner financing, I don't worry about that at night. We control 50 or 60 properties at any one time, not counting our students that we do deals with, and we are not on one loan. And so when this happened, it's a matter of some of them renegotiating, others, no care in the world. I can just keep going with them. So uh, that was the biggest lesson for sure. So now, when when you
0: acquire a deal, the, the seller is financing it, securing it with the property, but not, not your personal guarantee. Is that what you're, you're saying? Yep, With
1: owner financing, the seller takes a first uh, position and we don't sign personally. Our entity does. The, the building stands or the property stands on its own. And then with the lease purchase, the deed doesn't transfer. We put our own buyer on the property to cover everything and we're paying on their behalf, their loan until we cash them out. Even my building, we, we have an office building. I'm not there today. I'm at home with COVID, but we have an office building fully rented. Already, everybody's paying their rent through COVID, and um, we bought that on terms, no banks. it's just great not to have to deal with them, frankly.
0: And how how does uh, you know for the people out there that don't don't do that, uh, other than not being, you know, personally on the hook? Like, what else is different? Are the the rates, terms, all that kind of stuff different or the same? Or? Yeah.
1: Uh, really cool question because like with owner financing, there's niches within niches, right? We focus on free and clear property. When I say owner financing, so free and clear property, there's probably in the United States about a third of the properties are debt-free. That's a big number. And so these are people that are fun to deal with, they're easy to deal with, they want the best price, and they'll take monthly principal-only payments, zero interest. Talk about a recession hedge. I mean, you are pounding down principal every single month. So over a course of four to ten years. You are just in such a great position. Even if the market turns on, you're in a great position. With the lease purchase, it's a little different. We are relying on the principal pay down because we're paying the underlying loan and we're benefiting from that. And then, of course, we mark the properties up. But uh, both of those scenarios are well protected.
0: So you're on on that lease purchase, like you you have an agreement with the owner, just so everyone kind of understands, and, and you're going to lease it from them, but then you have the you have the right to purchase it? Is that...
1: Yeah, how it works is you have the right to purchase it and sublet it. So then we turn around on all owner financing and all these purchase. What do we do? We put in tenant buyers. We call them tenant buyers. They're buyers that need time, credit enhancement, or down payment, further saving, or they're self-employed. They got great credit. They got down payment, but they're not getting a loan yet because they need some seasoning. You know, some time to report to the government correctly. Those three categories of buyers. Now they were always great, but now with COVID. You, the banks have just helped us tremendously by upping the bar a bit, as you know, for credit scores and everything else. So they can't go that route. They have to go our route and then eventually get mortgage ready again.
0: Are you, are you finding, uh, you know, with the implications of, of businesses and whatnot, are, are you finding it harder or easier to, to get access to the, the right buyer tenant, you know, for, for your properties or deals?
1: Much easier now because our ads call it out, like, you know, having trouble getting a loan, can't get a loan during COVID. There are, as you know, people going to the closing table and, and getting denied who were previously approved and, and right. they're ready to close. Okay. So they got 50 grand. They're going to put on this house. They have good credit or they wouldn't have been there, but the bar, the bar just got raised on them. And so they call us and go, look, I got a down payment and I'm all ready to go. And so these are great buyers better than people that need credit enhancement. So, Every single deal, Dan, we're creating three paydays per deal. The, the down payment, the monthly spread, and then the back end cash out, which is two, three, four, or five years. And those average for us like 75 grand. These aren't, you know, these aren't tiny deals, you know. And how what's what's your
0: deal pace been? Uh, you know, historically and then and then what has it been this year
1: with, with COVID? Yeah. So conglomerately with our deals, which is myself, my son-in-law, my son's family company, just in three states here. And the students' deals, we were averaging like 15 to 20. Now we're 25 to 30 plus. The students' deals alone, close to triple to just this month. So I mean, it's the deal flow has increased. Cause look, the sellers who were, were, I won't say cocky, but comfortable with the market. Now the buyers dried up because of banking, right? And in COVID, the quarantining. So then they had nowhere to turn. So we got these callbacks from people that weren't interested in terms before, like by the droves coming to us.
0: Right, so I mean, you you kind of have this business that focuses on a niche seller, niche buyer. Although it's it's not a small amount of of, of sellers. If you're telling me a third of a third of the buildings, you know, potentially would, would be options. So it's decent amount of people, but with with the shift in. Banking uh, regulations, you know, hard money, even investors wanting to do yeah. deals. So there's, there's, there's probably more sellers and buyers right now. So it's, you know, it's just interesting how some people, something happens, they, they retract, they
1: get well, nervous. It seems you know, like
0: you've been able to expand.
1: Oh, from a company standpoint, well, yeah. I mean, look at the beginning of COVID, Dan. I was saying people, it's like the fight or flight, and then a third one came into the picture. And that was freeze. So many business owners like froze. Um take um take restaurants. Not what you and I do, but restaurants, a lot of them rightfully so froze. Well, I heard a guy, I was listening to a Dan Kennedy virtual event, I heard a guy that absolutely tripled his business during this because he started figuring out how to f- serve families and businesses with, with take up. Like day one, he was doing that. So there's a there's always a route. I know people have it tough right now, but there's always a route if you if you look for it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we, we saw that
0: in our market where like Really good restaurants just shut down overnight, and, and for some reason, some of them waited a month or two to like start offering takeout and other options, and other other people like jumped on it right away. Yeah. And and, um, and I, I'm I'm sure that's it's, it's kind of like the same in in you know all all industries really. The people that can recognize the shifts and 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 make the adjustments the quickest are are gonna be the ones left standing at the end of this.
1: Well, I think that goes for career-wise, too, right? All I'm hearing is people are getting paid more to stay home and not work. But then at the same time, like this week, so it's fresh in my brain, we have corporate career people been in, say, banking or insurance for 25 years. Two people this week called us more from the student coaching side and said, look, I'm done with going to the city. I'm done with corporate. Teach me how to become one of your students who you do deals with. Like That's changed a lot all of a sudden. People want to stay home. They're getting a taste for Oh, it's cool i can stay with my kids or whatever you know so the uh you know your
0: acquisition pace has, has picked up uh what, what about the coaching pace have more people been uh more, have more people been reaching out to you and for, for coaching or trying to figure out how you're doing it or what's what's that yeah, two around? levels
1: there one is the corporate level i just mentioned like they're making a major career change that that's a, a new twist i called my son on this morning i said That is definitely what I'm sensing right now. People are calling our company and going, teach me how to do it. And not just teach me how to do it. Like, I want to do it aggressive and I want to do it tomorrow. Like, this is a career move for me. I'm not tinkering with this. And then within our community, we've got different levels of involvement with us where we do deals with them. So you had some people that were tinkering there too, like part-time and happy with part-time. because They had good jobs. Who got sent home during this and went, done. That's my ticket. I am going full-time. And so they're up in their involvement with us. So we're seeing it from all fronts, which is great. It's fun.
0: How? Uh, just so people know who are listening, how does how does your coaching program work? Who are you, you know, looking to help, and and how to, you know, let's let's dive into that for a little bit. Yeah,
1: we help brand brand new investors like the two I just told you this week. Corporate going, okay, I like real estate, never really did it. Tell me how to do it. And then we have during COVID especially a lot of like wholesalers and flippers on us saying look i want to tack this on to what i'm doing or i want to totally pivot because of seeing how it's thriving during the during the storm right now so uh we got we got all all different backgrounds we, and age-wise we got like 22 to 78 you know age-wise so we run the gamut there too
0: yeah see it seems like it would be a good natural fit for a wholesaler because you know those are guys that like like finding great deals, they just don't like necessarily closing on them or getting the money to close on them. You know, they're, they're going to get their hit, get out. But um, with with the structure you have, it seems like it would be uh, like an easy first step for, for wholesalers to actually like close on their deals and, and benefit yeah, from the longer term.
1: Can, um, rehabbers either learn it or they don't want to learn it and they refer us business because they'll get a lead, let's say, for a rehab or a wholesaler where there's just not enough spread And if you get it on terms, you don't care, as long as you have time. So yeah, it's a good add-on, tack-on, or pivot if they're in COVID and they don't know what to do.
0: Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate business to the next level? If you do, there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people, but we want to give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com what's what do you think most people's uh like their biggest fear or kind of hurdle they have to overcome with buying on terms is? cuz I'm sure there's a lot of people that have really yeah. haven't heard about it or 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 know what it is even
1: Yeah so as an investor you mean or the consumer investor? Yeah as as an
0: investor like when um, they're trying to figure this out like what's 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 well, it like for that new new guy, you know, trying to figure it out and do it? Yeah. What, what what are they scared of?
1: Uh, probably two things. Good. I've never been, been asked that. I think one would be uh, fear of the unknown. So what do you do whenever you have that? Go find out someone who can show you how to do it, right? And then secondly is there's a belief thing. Like a lot of people say to me, well, how do you convince the seller to do Like, why would they do that? This has been since like forever since I've been doing this. And I say you're not convincing anyone to do anything. Once you learn the scripts, you're actually just looking for their pain and helping them. You know, we buy oceanfront homes that are debt-free. We bought one from a realtor. People will go, Well, why would a realtor do that? That's all you believe. You can go out and help them if you just have the right belief. Right. And I mean, most what
0: what is it for most sellers? Like what what are the the typical like pain points that that, that they want? And, and how do you or your students
1: solve those pain points? Like what, what kind of structures do you put in place to to help them? Yeah, a couple things come to mind. So a, it's, it's a pain and it's goal driven, meaning during COVID, are there going to be some pain points that we're going to have to go in and help people with because they the forbearance is coming due or they lost their job? Yeah, those are unfortunate pain points. So we can take over their payments, uh, buy a sub two or at or, uh, lease purchase. But- there are also a lot of million-dollar homes right now, a lot, that the jumbo loan buyer has been pushed up so high that you can't get someone to get in right now. They don't have 25%. They don't have a year reserves. It's crazy. So we have a lot of those people that are debt-free, and they just want to know that there's closure. Oh, you can still pay my price? Yes. If you can go out further with the unknown right now, and they go, sure. And we're tying those up right now. And Those are great deals. I mean, if people learn what we do just to buy their own home, personally, it's a win. They're mine. All the deals that are out there
0: how do you uh how do you go about identifying and and finding these potential
1: sellers or or deals we fish in three ponds primarily being uh expired listings that didn't sell with a realtor and those are in hut markets and crappy markets always uh for sale by owners and then for rent by owners because they're getting stung right now but sometimes even if not covid that, you know that you find a landlord that just gets burnt out like i'm done and so they would like the, the debt covered still, but to know that it's going to actually be an end sale is even better. So those are the three categories. And then the fourth would be if they if the students or us want to delve into other lead sources, it's the free and clear. You just buy a list of free and clear properties.
0: And on that, you know, if you come in, you're going to take over a guy's payments. Are you typically just, just making the exact mortgage payment, and then you've got a certain time frame that you'll actually close on at some point or what's, what's, what's like the nitty gritty on that?
1: Yeah. So let me give you an example of someone, you can give a million examples, but let me give you a lease purchase example of someone that has, let's just say it's you and you and I agree that your house is worth about 300, but you weren't able to sell it. But we go, okay, we'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Dan, it's 300. And you say, okay, I owe 250 and my mortgage payment is 1200 bucks. I say, okay, Dan, I'm going to find my tenant buyer and that usually doesn't take too long because it's a plethora of them right now. Once I find my tenant buyer, let's say I find them in the month of July and they're going to take occupancy August 1, I say to you, the seller, two things. I'm going to start making your payment a month later, September 1, because mortgages are paid in arrears, typically. And on or before, whatever the term is, let's use 36 months for this chat. I'm going to pay off your loan, which won't be 250 anymore. It's going to be lower. That's to my benefit. And give you your 50 grand. So as a seller, all you care is, okay, I get my 50 grand if I can wait three years, in this case, and my loan gets paid off. So that's that's, that's you as a seller. And then me, I find a buyer with a down payment who is a buyer, not a renter wannabe, a true buyer that we qualify. And I get a down payment. That's my payday one. And then your 12 dollars mortgage payment I'm making, I'm probably going to get $15 to 18 from them, the buyer. So I get a spread payday two. And then in the end, I'm going to mark that three hundred thousand house up probably to three twenty nine nine. Just depends on the market, but for this example, and then get all the principal pay down. So that's where we come up with like seventy five grand average. We have students as high as two fifty. I mean, it's some crazy deals.
0: And does that does that tenant buyer do they know going into it that at, at the three year mark, I have the right to buy it at three twenty nine? Is that is it kind of like an option
1: for them or? Well, it's an option, but it's, they go in knowing it's a non-refundable down payment. So you, this is a buy contract. It's a delayed right. purchase. Yeah. So do all of them get to the finish line? No. I mean, you can see educators right now. You go on YouTube and you'll see educators that say, yeah, do rent home with your buyers. And if they don't finance, it's okay. Do it again. Get another check. Okay. That may be right for them legally, but morally and ethically, it just stinks. So our philosophy right. is let's pre-qualify them all with a registered loan officer. Let's get a mortgage-ready plan. And if that plan fits within that three-year term in the example I gave you, good. Then we approve them, we set them up to win. But do, do families still have life events? Yeah, I mean, we had two during COVID. Luckily, all our tenant buyers, knock on wood, were great, but two of them during COVID got hit hard, and they just called and said, we got to leave. One was with a student, one was with us. And they'd leave. they leave, it's sad, but they got to leave. So they do, it does happen 2 to 5% of the time. And, um- who who is the the
0: typical buyer then that'll go into this type of agreement and how do you find that buyer
1: um okay so answer the finding thing first because it's easy we it's all online you know rent links um we use that folio because we have our own properties but rent links craigslist all online portals because when you start putting out there you know bad credit okay you know no banks to start you get droves of buyers so Hmm. that's easy to find as far as who they are Um, let's go pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, it was, I need credit enhancement. I can't get a loan without it. So I need time and I want to lock in my price. Or I'm self-employed. I now found out from my bank, I need two years of better tax returns because I wasn't reporting all my income. A lot of self-employed people can relate to that. And so we bring them in and give them two years to get qualified. And now during COVID, it's all those great buyers that get pushed out of the market just because they were on the cusp of the credit score thing, you know?
0: Right. And those have, those have gotten harder, like you said. Do you, do you always match up the times? Like if the seller is willing to do three years, but the buyer need, only needs two, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll close it sooner. Or yeah, Everyone's probably happy with that. Yeah, you
1: want to make it so if the example you and I talked about with three years, I want to find someone that the report comes back to me and says 18 to 24 months. Because okay. you got to leave room for life to happen and delays and paperwork and blah, blah, blah. You know, so yeah, we want to do that. But if we buy a house, let's say it's a five-year term or a seven or a nine. We say to the buyer, I know your qualifications came back and says three years, but no stress, take your time. And they love it because it's not like you're pushing, pushing, pushing. And in that case, I wouldn't really follow up with them for probably three or four years because I have time, which okay. is nice. And you'll, I'm sure you'll, you'll,
0: you'll build, you know, make the price higher than if they get to wait longer. Is that
1: Actually, you know what we pick it. up on that, Dan, is we pick up all that extra principal pay down, right. So they still lock in their price and watch the market grow and grow like they're a homeowner, which is nice. and the owner
0: the owner i'm I'm assuming you know the original owner they 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 um they stay on that note, correct?
1: yeah, you're right. So they stay on it, their name's on it, so whether it's a lease purchase or a subject to purchase, their name stays on it. It's a matter of whether the deed changes hands or not. And then with owner financing, of course, we just create a note and they are the bank.
0: And do you do you have to make a um, a deposit to the seller or anything like like that? Or is it not just, typically just, it's just yeah, so you're you're really getting in with uh, fairly fairly low low risk and um,
1: it you know. is, yeah, it is now as we as you ramp up and you start having your three paydays, you know, accumulate and you can chop those out. Would it be okay then to get a little more aggressive with a seller who might be behind a month or who wants payment now instead of 30 days? Because you have other paydays coming in, and you'll get more equity because of the deal you make. Sure, we do some of that, but but the model exists with no money down.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a really uh, really cool model for for all the reasons we've, we've kind of gone over, and I, I can definitely see how there would be a, a much bigger buyer pool for right now just. Yeah, you know, some of the some of the banks that we've talked to, either for our own deals or for, you know, some of our buyer clients, like the the requirements for some of them are are just like insane. Like there was yeah. one one bank on a deal that they wanted more more in reserves than the home was actually worth. I believe it, especially <laughs> the high end. And I remember telling the banker like if people could keep that in reserves, like why, why would they bother with all the hassle of a loan? Like, yeah, it's
1: like it's a little nuts. But listen, what they're bankers, right? They pay Thirty grand to 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 bust you, and they and it's their job. So so just set your life up so you don't have to deal with banks. That's how you do this. It's pleasant.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely definitely can see the advantage. Uh, I'm sure all your your students do as well. Uh, you've got a couple like resources or books i know we, we in a podcast as well that i think would be good to mention just if case people are hearing this and and saying you know i, I like uh what i've heard so far i want to i want to read more about it or listen to to chris weekly or or get coaching or whatever like how how should people uh well, uh, do that or where, what, what resources do you have available? A couple
1: things. I mean, they can go to the site, right? Smartrealestatecoach.com. But what I said to you at the beginning of the show, I'd love to offer them. And that is if they just say they, they heard you and I chatting on your show, we'll give them the free books. We used to ship them, but obviously not now with COVID. We're out of the office, but we'll give them the free books. All they got to do is go to free, S-R-E-C book.com and you'll get my bestseller and there'll be some other electronic things in there, just some free gifts to hearing us on the show.
0: All right. Now, before, before we wrap up, we always do a, a hyper fast lightning round. If yep. you are ready for some rapid fire always ready, man. All right. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to a new investor?
1: Uh, manage your expectations. There's just too much crap out there with courses, promise and overnight success. And if you go in with that attitude, you're going to be pissed off pretty quickly. So go in managing your expectations, no matter what niche you're going to attach yourself to and and my suggestion is 3 years. Commit 3 years.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely a good one. Uh, people oftentimes quit too soon. Too soon. What's what's the biggest uh, piece of advice you would tell someone right now in the market who's thinking about investing?
1: Uh, okay, good. Latch on to someone who has gone through at least two two major market cycles or storms like this. Like this in 9-11 would be storms and market cycles. That's so important right now because there's a lot of new money, new, new investor money that's been made post 2008 and it's different now. And they're learning that the hard way. So I would say, make sure you're careful with that.
0: What's the biggest lesson you've personally learned during your real estate investing career?
1: uh oh eight by far i mean i got hit a few times right you do deals you you learn a lot of different things but oh eight and, and specifically uh not signing personally and and the other lesson during that was there was twice in my life that i got dinged in real estate and if i look back i didn't realize this till about a year or two ago it was when i didn't have someone help me like a mentor or a coach that's pretty scary so make sure you're always latching on to someone success leaves clues
0: yeah i agree uh if you are not you know, doing deals, coaching students, writing books on your show, where would people find you? What would you be doing? Uh
1: pre-COVID travel with family, We're <laughs> big on family trips. Uh post-COVID, uh time with family only. Yeah.
0: What uh what what are some of your uh most most favorite family trips or places you've traveled?
1: Stowe, Vermont, Grand Cayman, Stowe's a drive, right? It's for we're in New England and uh Grand Cayman obviously is a flight, so I don't know when that'll happen again, but Those are two that we like to frequent.
0: All right. And last one, where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Uh, We've got a pretty cool mission with the company with my son-in-law and son coming up right, you know, through the ranks and doing an amazing job. So we've got a goal, our five-year mission ends in 2022, actually, and it's to complete 1500 transactions with students. So you see how driven that is about transactions, not sales of stuff, right? So that's what um, I'll be doing that from just the CEO seat. But in, you know, until real estate gets boring, and I can't ever see that happening, we'll still be doing what we're doing right now. I love it.
0: And uh, just just so people know, like when you when your students do a deal, are you are you participating on uh, like just a coaching kind of fee base, or do you take part in the 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 deal at all, or how does how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, great question. We do have three different levels, and they all entail us doing transactions with them. Which feeds that mission that I just mentioned. So different levels of our involvement and different levels of sharing, but they do rev share with us, and then they cap out. We call it capping out. Why? After a certain amount of deals, you you get it. You've gone through enough nuances, and you don't need us in your life. And then at that point, we have a continuity program if they don't want to leave the family, so to speak. It's a really tight community.
0: Well, you've got uh, you know interesting investment thesis and approach. Interesting uh, way of way of coaching. A lot lot of cool stuff going on uh before we sign off I want, I want to give you one more chance just to remind people how to get in touch with you or, or get the book or whatever you want just just so you can uh, you know, reach more people help more people
1: yeah i appreciate it dan so the best is just go to smart real estate there's a free webinar there if you can deal with listening to me for another hour after hearing me with dan then get, take the free webinar and enjoy it it's, i want you to look at free before you decide what niche you want to go in. And our YouTube channel has over 100 deals. We show you exactly what we do.
0: All right. Well, uh, check it out, guys. Thanks for being on the show, Chris. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in.
1: You bet, Dan. Thanks for having me, buddy